The Youthscape Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Youthscape Podcast. I'm Martin Saunders. And I'm Rachel Gardner. And uh, and I have to say, I'm yes. sitting here with a person who looks like a great weight has been lifted from her shoulders. It has. Um, so, so Rachel, yes. I, I believe you've just finished a large piece of work. I have. And, uh, and, and so what is it? What have you done? I wrote a book in <gasps> it. I, I like got some sentences and stuck them together with glue. And then is it going to be a full size one or is it going to be another little one? No, it's a full size. No, I, I was thinking you actually write half a book, don't you? <laughs> I know. No, this is fifty-five thousand words. Wow. This is a this is a big proper heavy. Gosh. Like you could seriously prop something up. You're miming. This. I see you're miming, but you've yeah. forgotten that we're a, yeah. an audio. I'm, I'm doing some weird kind of elbows medium. up, holding a big yeah. book thing. Yeah. So you've written. I have. A I've written book. a proper book. So what's it called? What's it about? Um, it is called the Girl Deconstruction Project. Little sideline, finding your feet as a woman. So it is kind of, I sort of refer to it as part manifesto, part personal story, hopefully dripping in God's wisdom kind of stuff. But it's it's for the generation that have grown up past beloved and cherished. <laughs> and if you put those the, two together, that's yes, the whole book. There you go. Um, and it's, uh, they've entered university or young women that are on the cusp of like jobs, relationships in their 20s, early 30s. And I wanted to write a book about... Um, how do you grab hold of the person you're becoming? And I think, I don't want to kind of end up speaking down little uh, alleyways today, Martin, but I suppose if you if you look at culture, a lot of a lot of what's happening is sort of motored by toxic masculinity. I think mm-hmm. um, we talk about that about a bit, don't we? And I think for women who are growing up also within the church community and sometimes being told, well, because of your gender, you can't do that. Mm. How do, How do young women sort of post-feminism, post-modernity, post-Christianity, how do young women say, I'm going to be fully surrendered to Jesus? What does that mean for my gender? What does that mean for the call on on my life about what I do for my money, my relationships, my body, my mind, my soul? So it's a book trying to kind of help young women deconstruct some of the lies and false hopes and false Mm. expectations and then say, I want to be shaped in a different way. How do I do that? I've I've enjoyed writing it, but it's been flipping hard. You have. So you have been working very hard on it. They've worked you hard. They have worked they, me hard. And they've, they've, they've you know, you've, had, more words. you've <laughs> had people reading it and yeah. feedbacking and feedback. Yeah. Is not feedbacking a word, is it? it. Feeding back. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and, and you've, you know, it would be fair to say this is a work that has been refined and redrafted and made you've got better. such a funny twinkle in your eye. Where you are think, you going? You're worried that I'm going to make a joke about yes, it. Yes, I am. I'm worried that whole... you somehow managed to get hold of a copy or something. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't got hold of a okay. copy. Um, you did ask me for a quote. Yeah. Uh, you asked me to submit my <laughs> experiences of being an empowered woman. Um, but I think that's because you sent it to the wrong address. I did send it to the wrong address. But, but um, I also not would have been open to that as well. I could, I could have done something. So, uh, so when's it out? It's out in June, I believe. That's the, that's the plan. That it comes plan. out second or third week of June. Wow! Well, yes. we're very excited. Thank you. Do Thank you, you mention the Youthscape podcast at all? Do you give a shout out to the podcast in no, the book? No, I think what? I no, not to the podcast. Youthscape gets a little mention as a, as a thank you. We'll take that. Let um, me photocopy it on photocopy paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually we printed all three thousand copies. <laughs> 
on the first print run uh, on the photocopy at work. So it's a little loose bound, but um, but you'll love it. So it comes out in June. It's called the Girl Deconstruction Project. Yeah, the Girl Deconstruction. You don't want to talk about it suddenly. Well, I do, but I. It's. I mean, anyone listening that when you plan something or written something, I was just saying off air that when you write, you need to be able to stand behind every single word that you say. And so, I really want to encourage you, whether you've got a you know chance to have something published or not. I feel the process of writing and standing by what you write is such a refining Mm. process. Like, do I really believe this? And people can take this out of context and you can't defend what you've just written. You have to just let it go and just trust that the life that you want to grow from it will grow from it. And I think it is that is that kind of the humility, isn't it? It says, I, God, I've tried my best and I think I had something to say and I'm very grateful I've had this opportunity because, my goodness, what an incredible opportunity. But I trust that it brings the kind of life you want it to bring. Um, so that, yes, yeah, so I've sort of pressed send yesterday in a cafe where I've written most of it and I did a little <gasps> and the lady behind the till said are you alright do you need a croissant I was like yeah I need a croissant I just pressed send and I got home and uh, said to my lovely family mummy's just written a book and she's just pressed send and my daughter said yeah well daddy has just taught me how to burp on demand <laughs> like, one parent teaches them how to burp on demand one parent writes 55,000 words yeah. I can tell you which parent gets me or in the house yeah, yeah. Jason wins Monday yeah wow well look we're thank proud you. of you thank you Martin. well done thank you and, uh, and it's, out, it's out in, in time June. for the summer. Yeah. That could be your holiday reading <laughs> on a beach somewhere. For five minutes. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 55,000 55, words. words. It's yeah. not like the other books. These are, this is a proper one. Shall we talk about your novel, football novel? How many um, words Let's stop recording. Uh, now, down the road from Youthscape Towers, I hope in your uh, mind's eye as you're listening to the Youthscape podcast, you do imagine us at the... I like to say fulcrum of the Youthscape headquarters. We're in a big, we're in a big old industrial building. It's very cool. Yeah. Love it. And down the road, um, in also in Luton, the Lord has gathered together a number of different youth ministry mm. folk and organisations. It's really exciting mm. uh, being this part of the world. And, uh, and also here is Urban Saints, which um, is a, a, a organisation that's been doing work with children and young people for like, 700 years? About 113, I think, or something. Right. I can't quite remember. Maybe You'll not hear quite Richard 700. Say. Okay. And, and, and let's just say, they have had, as their uh, CEO for some time, one of the greatest guys, one of the greatest leaders in youth ministry. Mm. And I think you'll, you'll never find anyone who has a bad word to say about Matt Summerfield. He has mm. been absolutely amazing. And so talk about a uh, hard act to follow. Uh, but... Uh, Urban Saints now have a fantastic new CEO who's come from a very different background. I think it's really helpful, actually. Mm. He's come in from a completely different place. Um, and he is also equally fantastic. And his name is Richard Langmead. And, uh, and we got to interview him. You got to interview him the other day. Mm. Um, and, and find out all about him and uh, his pretty exciting plans for where he wants to take Urban Saints. Brilliant. So um, I have the absolute privilege of uh, grabbing Rich Langmead <laughs> <Nice to be, laughs> and yeah. dragging him into this little uh, room at the sofa and Rich interviewing you for our podcast. So welcome. Great to be and, here. Uh, Thanks, Rachel. Who are you? Good question. A very <laughs> philosophical start. I like that. Um, so I am the chief exec of Urban Saints, which is a 118-year-old Christian mission to young people uh, across the UK and even beyond that. 
and uh, I've been in post a year and a I year. absolutely love my job. Um, yeah, leading Urban Saints, it's mission to make young disciples for Jesus. Uh, I couldn't think of anything better to get out of bed for. It's just brilliant. It's Every amazing. day I'm excited about what I get to do. So, oh, it's uh, amazing. It's uh, so good. I love blessed. your passion. We're going we're gonna to learn a lot from your passion. But um, So take us back about a year ago. So you take on this brand new role as CEO of Urban Saints, yep. and yep. it means a move. So you move from where you were to, to Luton. You're now yeah, I was Luton. down in Poole. I've um, been there for about nearly eight or nine years. Gosh. And then uh, moved to uh, uh, sunny Luton. Yeah. So that was exciting Woo-hoo. in itself. But um, I've loved the move. I love... You know, I wouldn't think twice about moving to be close to work. I think that's really important, actually. If you can be, is be close to your work, especially if you're passionate about it. Yeah. And I know you've got to have boundaries, but for me, just being able to uh, give it my all was was a big deal. So being that's in Luton uh, was really special. Yeah, that's glad incredible. to be here. Yeah. And obviously, Urban Saints is nationwide, isn't it? It's Absolutely. not a Luton-based project. You have staff. And people all across, and I think people listening to this probably might be using Energize or some of the different That's resources true. Yeah. that you have. So, so this year, has it been a kind of combination of getting out and visiting everybody? And been loads we saw of each journey. other at lots of different camps. We did. We kept bumping into each other. It's like, oh, hello, Rachel, <laughs> nice to say hello. Um, yeah. So the head office is in Luton. I should say that, but we have. Um, we work across all uh, the regions and nations of the United Kingdom and Ireland. So we get out all over the place and we've got workers all over the country. Yeah. And they're all in the same business, raising up young disciples for Jesus, starting groups, training, looking after people. And so as part of settling into Urban Saints, uh, what is an absolute must is you've got to get to know people and build a relationship. You, you can have the smartest ideas and the, the clearest vision, but unless you've got the goodwill and relationships with people, which means face-to-face time, you know, Skype's great and phone calls are great, but it's about face-to-face time. So I spent much of the year getting out and visiting all our different camps as 30 plus of those. I didn't get to all of them. Um, We've got residential centres and then just visiting teams up and down the country and even overseas. So it's been a busy year and I'll probably dial that down a little bit this year. Um, But it's been amazing to meet so many people chasing God and chasing uh, outreach opportunities. So how, how do you go about having this face-to-face, this, this deeply relational approach to your leadership. Yeah, but also, you're the CEO that's coming in with an agenda. So, how, I mean, how, <laughs> how does that work? Is it Because I think people listening to this, we, we're often, whether we are CEOs of a charity or we're running the youth ministry or we're a volunteer, the relational element is yeah, so important. And massively. yet I find that I've sometimes got that wrong because... I've come in and I've, I've done the face-to-face, but actually it's just been, a, I've loved the sound of my own voice. And I've just been telling everybody <laughs> what I think. So how, how do you, having to see all these people, how do you get that right? What, when, when you meet somebody for the first time, how do you, what do you think? Oh, what's this going to be about? How do you kind of get that? Wow, big question. <laughs> Sorry, <Is> that... <laughs> no, that question. I'll try and think it. Yeah. So um, first off, you've got to love the people. I, I yeah. honestly think you can't change what you don't love. And I think that is really important. So I love the work that I do and I hope that comes across. And I, I think that can be contagious. So if you really, really mean it, I think that's an important thing. Um, and if you love the people you're working with as well and see their value uh, and so on, that's a great place to start because there's something about respect uh, and that just breeds good communication. It just it just breeds life. And so uh, I, I think starting with those things, making sure you really value the people and love what you do. Mm. In terms of actual change management, um, I think one of the essentials, if not perhaps maybe the starting place, is to kind of have a pretty clear idea of where you want to go to. Mm. Uh, start with that. What change is it you're, you're trying to figure out? You, you can know where you are. That's a really important assessment to, to figure out what's going on, what resources you have, what processes are in place. 
what vision exists, what mission statement might exist, all of those sorts of things. So it's really important to know where you are, but where you want to go to is mm. so, so important. So the first thing I did was loads and loads of listening and actually listening to people. What, what do you think? What's going on? And then, of course, I brought you know, ideas into that. I was praying hard, listening to God, and just felt for, for Urban Saints that the very core of what Urban Saints uh, was set up to do, make young disciples of Jesus, should just be simply uh, put out there and made really, really clear, and then people could get behind a clear vision. And that seems to have done so much of the work uh, for us under God's hand. Yeah. So having clarity about where you want to go, I would say, is probably right at the top. So yeah, so having cl- a clear vision that people yeah. understand where you're coming from, and then putting the, the time in to actually Massive be Massive amount people. of time. It's people, 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 people. people. Yeah. So you, you, not everyone will agree, of course. They'll, they'll want to go in different directions and so yeah. on. That's actually part of the challenge of of being the CEO is you've got to remember, and I guess this could be controversial to some people, but the charity exists for the young people and for God. It doesn't actually exist for the staff and so on. So there's a tension to manage, a loving tension. And actually, we've got to get the right people on the team to um, deliver our mission. So it's a bit like running a hospital, I suppose, is... Um, it's all very well for patients to be you know, poorly and unwell and struggling with all sorts, but the doctors have got to be on top of their game, you know, uh, and I really think that's important for our staff and our volunteers. Wow. Obviously hugely supportive, yeah. but you've got to get the right people around the table, and then I think you can change the world. I wow. really believe that, so it's worth doing, worth being bold, worth being brave. Get you, the right people around the table. Can you talk about getting the right people around the table? There's a phrase in there, get the right people on the bus. Is that yes. Like, what, what's I'm trying to remember great. That's it. Yes. Like that, Collins. Yes. yes. Yeah. But I think we were all reading that about 10 years ago. <laughs> and I know, I mean, some listeners will go, oh, that just sounds so like judgmental and pejorative. But what do you mean when you say it's get totally the right people on the bus? What, what, is, what are you looking for? I think this is not a job advert now for Urban Saints. No, 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 absolutely. <laughs> what am I looking for? Um, yeah, what, you what, do you, what do you look for in somebody to think, yes, that's, that's who needs so to be So that's, that's an amazing question as well. Yeah. So share, shared vision. Why are you here? You know, if you're here because you simply want a job, that's, that's amazing. It's not an ignoble thing. But actually, I'm always impressed by candidates coming for interview that love what we're about because mm. you can work with that. You can train people. You can give skills. You can, you know, you can mm. figure stuff out together. But you're on... You're on the same mission, you're on the same journey. So for me, working at Urban Saints, it's not a job. You have to have all those structures, but it's not a job. It's a vocation. It's like a, a love. Mm. And I see that in the book of Acts. Uh, and Paul and others just get you know, so passionate about the mission. That it's out of that, their partnership, as well as with, this, with having the same vibe, the same passion, that they change the world. Yeah. It's that small group. If you can get them together, then you can do something. You can't do it alone. Uh, and you can't do it without direction. But if you get a small group together that get it, mm. I think that's a good phrase, that get it together, um, you can do amazing things. That's incredible, that's brilliant. Now you dropped in the phrase change management, and I think in, in all our years of Youthscape <laughs> podcast, <laughs> I don't think anybody has ever talked about change wow. management. I think you're a bit of a unique creature in the youth Well, thank world. you, I think, yeah. <laughs> so I'm listening to this thinking, well, I'm, I'm not the boss of Youthscape. I'm one of the directors, but I am... Um, and I'm, I'm learning a little bit about change management, but if I think about my youth worker hat on when I'm back in church, do I do change management there? Then of course, yeah, I do actually, because all the yep. time I'm trying to help our church think differently about how they engage young people. So all of us listening, all of us listening, including you, lovely listener, in our own way, we are all engaged in, in managing Massively. change. So Massively. I, I, want, I want to hear a bit more about that. Like, what, what do you mean by change management and what, how could we root it in our own context? Go. Wow. <laughs> Again, another whacking question. Get your essay out. So, what, what does it mean, change management? So whatever, it can mean a whole, it can cover a whole bunch of different things. But for me, it means uh, looking at where you're at 
and then looking at where you want to go to and the process in okay. between. And the really important thing here is, um, I watched a movie, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was about a disaster on an oil rig and there was an amazing phrase in there. And it says, hope is not a strategy. And now hope's an amazing thing and really important, but hope is not a strategy. And actually I think Jesus says, look, you've got brains, you've got minds, you can think, you can talk. And so figuring out the journey, the steps you need to take between where you are and where you want to get to that for me is change management and it's it's not easy wow. um, but I would say this is if you're a youth worker or for that matter involved in anything you know being mm. in your family being a parent you are in the business of change management and the more Come you're on, aware yeah. of it the better you get at it I think it's an absolutely learnable skill and it takes an enormous amount of courage change always takes courage and determination it's always challenging but actually to to know that you're involved in it is a pretty good start um, and then in terms of what steps are taken, we've talked about you know knowing where you want to get to and getting a team around you. Those are those are the sort of mission critical things. But then it's sitting down with a pen and paper and coming mm. up with a plan. Mm. And that it, it's not to say you won't change the plan. It should be like a living plan. It's not to say other bright ideas won't come in and so on. But I would absolutely you know from the bottom of my heart say get a piece of paper out come up with a plan. We've spent most of last year coming up with a change management plan for Urban Saints, mm. and I think we're seeing the fruit of it. Mm. Um, we don't just shoot from the hip, we pray, we listen. God always has the last word, but nevertheless, we make a plan, and I believe that's part of how God changes the world. And if I can just go use Jesus as an illustration. Yeah, uh, do it, again, we love him. <laughs> yeah, he's the ultimate change manager. He comes into you know the worst situation, he wants to make it into the best situation. So what does he do? He has a very clear mission, he says, um, I've repent because the kingdom of God is near at hand. I'm here to build a kingdom. Uh, so he's got a clear, a clear mission. And then he gathers a group around them. He disciples them. He trains them. He gets them on board. He gives them all the skills and abilities, uh, experiences. He, he sends them out on um, practice mission trips. He sends out the, ten, uh, the 12 and the 70 and then debriefs them. He's got a real strategy. And it's not to say he's not flexible around that, but he's thinking it through whilst listening to God. And there's some balance in there. Because um, we can go over the top with management speak and all the rest. But actually, Jesus did it. And mm. that's what changed the world. So I don't apologize for that. Mm. He, he, he used a plan. Mm. So, uh, it's, it's so, so much sense. Yeah. I, I think all of us have been grabbing pencils as you've been speaking and just jotting all this stuff down. It's so brilliant. Here's another question. And, and, and I suppose we've sometimes tackled this on the podcast. But um, there's always a tension in youth ministry about the numbers game, isn't there? And, sure. and I think even listening to you, I was thinking, what, what's my kind of, where do I want to take the youth ministry in my church, we've got a new youth worker, she's phenomenal, Helen, that's Brilliant. coming. I really Brilliant. want to support her with that. But I was just thinking, how, how do we get that right? Because it's not just, the target isn't just more young people, but it has to involve more young people. Sure. If, if our change is not that we want more young people to be discipled, then why are we in this game? So what are some of the things that, that would help shape what is a change we're looking for? What are the kind of the godly goals? Because um, our egos are in yeah, here too, yeah, aren't they? I would like yeah, what yeah. I do to be the best on the on the on the um, on the place. So people think, oh wow, she's pretty good, you know. And, and actually, I have to check my ego. So how do we make sure that our goals are God-centered goals? <laughs> Another wow! <laughs> you're up yeah, for this, Rich. You're brilliant. You got it. Okay. Um, so if I use Urban Saints um, as an example, yeah. um, sorry to be plugging there. No, it's brilliant. Um, we love Urban Saints core mission statement of Urban Saints is, is we make young disciples for Jesus. And what we're trying to say there is we're not making converts for Jesus. Yes, conversion is a part of that, but we are not going for numbers just for numbers sake. We haven't any interest in that. We don't want ticks in a box. We don't want hands in the air per se. 
obviously people encountering God, you know, yeah. celebrations in heaven, all that, we're totally for that. But actually, Jesus didn't say, go make converts. He said, go make disciples. Yeah. Now, that's what Urban Saints is all about. And the reason we're all about it is because Jesus was all about it. So it's not mm. complicated. And the reason I mention it now is because there's something about discipleship that is longer, is deeper, it's harder work, mm. it's not quick fix, it's yeah. not microwave, it's not about gazing at a screen and yeah. just getting a, you know, an emotional stroke or something. It's deeply engaged. And so I think, yeah, have all the numbers you can possibly want if you like, but so long as it's never less than a deeply engaged process that has profound investment. Jesus spent all his time investing in a small group of people and because of that strategy, they in turn did the same and that changed the world. So I guess at Urban Saints we're massively focused on gathering small groups of young people around and really loving discipling and launching those young people, a deep investment. So I don't think it can ever be less than that if you really want to make a profound difference. It cannot be about the show and the, mm. the sizzle and so on. I mean, those are good things, yes. but it can never be less than deep discipleship if we're going to change the world. So That's discipleship incredible. or bust, I think. Yeah, discipleship or bust. It can yeah. never be less than yeah. a transformed life. And I suppose that means, again, for us as leaders, that puts the onus right back squarely on us. Are we growing? Are we, yeah. are we being able to say to young people, follow me as I follow Christ? And I think that's what we often come back to in this podcast is the inner life of us as the leaders, what God's yeah. doing in us, which is so beautiful that we don't do this on our own. Iron sharpest iron. Totally. Deep we need team, deep. we need God above yeah. all. Yeah, no question. Oh, Rich, I, mean, I just think that, that I don't know, that I can hear people screaming, shouting, like, more, give us more, but my brain can't cope. I want to take us on a little bit of a segue <laughs> to the south okay. now, because I know some other things about you that are just really exciting. You're a little bit <laughs> oh, of a wow, baby no. ears, aren't you? You're a bit of a bear, grills. Ty- Diet version, <laughs> the diet version. Yeah, those guys are incredible. Bear grills light. <laughs> yeah, definitely light. Yes. So, and what I mean by that is that, given any chance, you're on a plane and you're, and you're up, you're, you're climbing in the, the Alps with nothing but. A Would love to do that. And, yeah. And a bottle of gin. I don't know. Do you think, <laughs> I don't know. There are clothes and there are shoes <laughs> and, and some other items, gin. but yeah. You know. But you love the wild outdoors, don't you? Has that been love a passion it. in you ever since you can remember? Uh, yes. Uh, um, so my parents bought us a tent. We used to live on a. F- well, I used to live in loads of different places. I grew up on a mission ship, uh, Dulos. Um, Did you? Yeah. Do you not know it's that? It's a new bit of information for Pray, me. So, yeah. Oh, no, so, awesome. South America. So, we were off, travelled um, around? Or the, is, does it move all yeah, the time? Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, I learned to ride a bike on the back of a ship, learned to swim in the Bahamas. That was uh, amazing. But so, my, my life, Christian life has always had the sort of adventure as a background so that's kind of like amazing I love that yeah been up the Amazon as a kid birthdays stuff like that so it's amazing but when we got back from mission um we lived um we lived in Kent we lived on a farm um and uh, parents bought a tent and from pretty much about March round to about October I'd sleep out in the tent (laughs) and that meant I could go exploring at night and just you know that kind of thing. So this ever since then, I've done loads. This childhood. I mean, your mum, is she like looking the door at 7pm, like, see you in the morning? Or that kind it? of thing, <laughs> yes. See you later. See you later, That is incredible. Yeah, she was amazing. Yeah. I have to say that I grew up kind of on a farm. I grew up on a community at Ashburnham, which is not oh, really okay. Martin Kent. But I was Amazing. absolutely not sleeping in a tent. We've got to change this. We've got to change this. More adventures. I think living in the country doesn't make you hardy. I think I was absolutely like, <laughs> no, I want, I want my own bed. Thank you very much. So, wow, so from a very young age, this adventure, and I can hear Definitely. that you're, you're dragging that into yeah. kind of the call of how you lead now. So, so if we were to say to you, Rich, take the youth ministry world for a week, expense is no problem. Wow. Just take okay. us somewhere where we can kind of kind of get the cold air in our hearts yes, and connect yes. with God, where would you take us? 
Wow. Okay. Um, I would go to the Alps because I just I love the mountains. Yep, I mean, there are loads of places like that. It could be somewhere like that. Yeah, but we'll be just there. but let's let's all go up, let's all go up the Alps. Let's take loads of us. Let's go and get cold. Let's go and get wet. Let's do difficult yeah. things. Let's feast after we've come back in and enjoy amazing fellowship. Let's let's get it make it really real. Jesus said he went to the fishermen, come be fishers of men. And there was something about fishermen, the rawness, the physicality, the engagedness, you know, the blue collar side of life that actually he felt some way would make better disciple makers. Uh, I don't want to make a whole theology on that, but I think there's something profound about God's creation, you know, grazing a knee, getting out there, being physical, telling the stories, having the good dits to spin afterwards, and just, just loving life. And I'm not sure we were 100% made to stay indoors and look at screens. Mm. So it's partly a theological thing. I really believe God wants us to be physical beings and get out there and to use all that he's given us. Uh, and also, it is genuine, I think, in this day and generation, people are realising that, although there's amazing good stuff on, on, on screens and TVs and all the rest of it, is actually, we're perhaps, there's like an appetite, a growing appetite to, to get out there, to work as a team, to overcome obstacles and to, and to use our bodies. And I just, uh, yeah, I want to I do loads more of that. So if I could take loads of people out there and say, look, this is a great way of capturing the imagination of young people. So from a youth work perspective, do more of this, you'll get more young people. If I can give one illustration, the scouts have just grown and grown and grown. And there's no doubt about it, it's because bears are awesome and people are attracted to the adventurous thing. And how can we get a pathway to that kind of adventure at the right level? Not everyone has to climb a mountain. Um, but young people, like they've got a waiting list of 45,000 young people wanting to get into the scouts. And it's all around the fact there are opportunities for adventure. And I think Jesus was an adventurer. The Christian faith is a profound adventure. And I think young people have got uh, a hunger for it. So we should be doing as many adventurous things as possible. And adventure means different things for different people. Um, you know, for me going in, I don't know, doing a performance on a stage would be a huge adventure. So that would really push uh, my boundaries. But to somebody else, an adventure might just be going to a new town. So you've got to pick what adventure is for you. But we were made for adventure. And if you're out there as a youth worker, I would think about what adventurous activities mm. in the broadest sense you could get your young people involved with. And I've seen groups grow because, well, it's fun, isn't it? Wow. It's great and it's meaningful, it's real, etc., etc. So I'm going to be provocative now because I'm, I'm sat here like, yeah, cheering Come, on. Come, we can do it. It's totally but doable. The, the kind of the risk assessment part of my brain is going, like 20 years ago when yeah, I started doing yeah, youth yeah. work, I, um, I remember, this is a terrible confession now, I remember <laughs> taking a load of young people off our housing estate, me and my husband and my best friend, and we took them down to Nepal. We took them to Bognor, awesome. actually, not many months ago. And as they were coming back out of the sea, I turned to Katie and said, are they all here? And she said, I have no, I have no idea how yeah, many right, you've well, got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I went, oh, no. So it's, a lot has changed. It's really good in 20 yeah, years. Yeah. But the flip side is that we kind of are in a culture at the moment that's hooked on safety. Now, yeah, safety is yeah. so important, but how does Absolutely. adventure, adventure wow, and risk, yeah. I mean, that's another big conversation another day, yeah, isn't totally. it? But we've got to get our heads around that, haven't we? Because actually lots of things that we think our young people yeah, are safe question. doing at home, online, yeah. they are not safe. They are more safe in the woods, yeah. climbing Absolutely. a tree. Absolutely, totally, yeah. totally. So that's a challenge, isn't it, for us in the Christian community? Massive challenge, yeah. That's a really important question you've got to be wrestling with. So, I mean, it is about management. My, my overriding um, sort of suggest, advice, really, encouragement is, is adventure is so important. Getting out there is so important that we've, we've got to do it. But what that means then is that we have to be smart. We have to be trained. We have to get all our risk assessments mm. in place. We have to manage the risk. But here's something amazing, is if we take our young people into these adventurous contexts, 
I believe they're better equipped when they're engaged in their own risk management to manage the risks of life that they face later on. They're better able to make amazing choices. So yes, it's important to keep young people safe, but I actually think it's also good to stretch them and give them skills and abilities that when they're not at home anymore, they're not in the youth group anymore, that they grow up to be adults that can look after themselves. Yeah, come on. Because yeah. you know, a night out is more dangerous yes, than going camping. It. I'll yes. be straight with you. There's yes. far more challenges yes. and dangers with you know drinks, drugs, etc. Yes, than yes. there is getting out there and actually, pushing yourself a little yeah, bit. Absolutely. So I actually oh, think it's part of yes, growing up. I think it's Gotta important. It. And there's some incredible spaces, aren't there, in the UK? Definitely. As you say, just a local park, local woods, yeah. all wonderful places like Lee Abbey, Ashburn, all these wonderful centres. And I remember taking some young people seven years ago to Lee Abbey, and. Um, the, the best way to keep them in the centre at night was to allow the security guard just to sew a few stories of wild animals. <laughs> and I never I'll lost a single kid the whole weekend. Absolutely <laughs> awesome. Rich, um, I think people are listening thinking, oh, I want a bit more of Rich Langmead. Um, and people can find out more about Urban Saints by going to your website, yeah, which urbansaints.org. Nice and simple. Easy. Of course, lovely people. If you come to Luton, you come can come Luton. and hang out with me, have breakfast with me, and have lunch with Rich. So come on, because I've been saying it's in Luton. So come to Luton. I'd love to see you. But um, if people want to find out more about your resources or they want to want to ch- chat more about stuff, they sure. can just get in touch through the website. Can't just they? get in touch. And it's all on the website. Yeah. You know, maybe you're using Energize. So, yeah, sign up to Energize. Have a go at that. There's loads yeah. of great stuff there. But yeah, just be part of the conversation. We are genuinely wanting to raise up a generation that loves adventure, that loves discipleship, that deep investment, and loves justice. And we're learners. You know, we've got an idea, and we want more people to be involved in it. You know, we want to see young people become leaders uh, and to grow and surpass us to do better. That's our our massive part of our mission is to be outdone by the next generation. So if you've got thoughts and ideas, say hi. That is fantastic. So, um, and also, the moment you book this mountain for us, can it's you, totally can, up for it, yeah. Can I, can I have a shower with a hot tub? It's, right. <laughs> it's possibly, but. So, while the rest of you are off doing hard things, I can drink a little bit of Pinot Grigio in a chalet. Thank you so much, Rich. You are phenomenal, and uh, God bless you. Thank you. The Youthscape Podcast. Now, I am heartily ashamed of myself that at the end of that interview, when presented with this wonderful vision of youth ministry being taken to the Alps and getting out on the slopes, my overwhelming question was, can I have a chalet with a hot tub? So while everybody else is out skiing, I can drink some Pinot Grigio. I I heartily apologise. Are you ashamed or are you still visualising it? I still am visualising it. I think there'll be me and Aaliyah Pike and a few others. It'll just be back in the chalet, just chatting away. Perfect. But what a lovely thought. I mean, what an incredible thought around actually how adventurous are we prepared to be as leaders and Mm. and doing things differently. I think that's an exciting idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a a brave new direction Mm. to take urban saints off into, but it's rooted, as Richard Mm. says, in some really intelligent thinking because, Mm. you know, my uh, eldest uh, son, Joel, is a scout. Yes. And uh, my goodness, it was hard to get him into the scouts, you know. And uh, forty-five thousand waiting list. Just in right, just in Rygate, just that in is. Rygate. Um, But we um, we we experienced, you know, uh, a completely different scouts to the one I imagined and the one I saw mm. when I was growing up. Um, so the scouts used to be. Am I allowed to say this? I don't know. The scouts used to be where kids who were like who were outdoorsy and, and maybe you know wanted mm. some club to be part of. That's where they congregated. It wasn't necessarily sort of the, the place where the cool kids mm. hung out, but okay. actually where, where, where we live, 
um, it's it's absolutely sort of social central. Like mm. the cool guys are in the scouts now. Like that's where the cool kids want to mm. be. And the scouts have radically sort of remodeled themselves. It helps mm. that they have um, you know housewives' mm. choice, yeah, bear grills mm-hmm. at, the, as the, at the forefront. Um, but uh, but actually, um, you know, they've done they've tapped into something, and I think it is this sense that young people mm. want a sense of purpose and a sense of adventure mm. and 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 a bit of thrill. And also, the great thing about the scouts is constantly um, stuff that we've been talking about. Yes. Turn your phone off. Yes. You know, um, get outside. Get, outside, get your hands dirty. Mm. Um, get into nature, mm. and uh, you know it's that line from uh, from Up, isn't it? Adventure mm. is out there. Yes, and also I think what's really exciting is that the adventure of the gospel is not actually separate to getting mm. out and having fun in the woods. I think sometimes what we say is we can present young people with a kind of very cerebral adventure. Mm. So it's an abstract give your life to Jesus and the adventure begins. Mm. And, and then it looks like, well, we're sat in a circle reading yeah. lots of very difficult words. When does the adventure actually begin? So I think probably for those of us that are youth workers and have the chance to make some decisions around this, we've got to stop seeing physical adventure as separate to the adventure yeah. of the gospel. The physical adventure that says this is God's world and oh my goodness, if you lick this kind of frog, then you might get really sick. But if you kind of light fires over there, I mean, that's an, that is God's world, isn't it? And the adventure of exploring what? the whole of What are you talking world. about? I'm Licking really a frog? I need to stop like halfway through my clever ideas. That was brilliant. Until you, you suddenly start talking about licking frogs but you can lick the wrong kind of frog why would you lick any kind of frog well if you're out in the wilds and you don't know what you're doing you might lick a frog you might do (laughs) you must never be out in the wild let's never let that happen I have no plans of being out in the wild oh my goodness (laughs) yeah so I want to know adventures and and what's interesting is this ties into what Bri Draper was saying yep uh, the other week yeah. about a theology of the body yes. and body and, and mind and spirit senses, yeah. and soul all being yeah. one yeah. Um, so interesting look at the podcast linking together yes. there it's almost like we planned it are you an adventurous guy Martin? I'm glad you asked me that no I'm <laughs> no, not I, it didn't come with any agenda I, I wish I wish I was more of a you know, outdoorsy. What, what would you do? Like, if you if you generally had no fear, money was not an issue. Like, you didn't have to go back and get the kids from school at three yeah. fifteen. So, what would you do right now? Where would I go? Yeah, I'd probably go to centre parks. Oh, yeah. it's all been risk assessed though. Go it's somewhere that's not been risk assessed. No, I mean that's that, centre parks is my kind of outdoorsy, or maybe a really nice hotel <laughs> somewhere. Well, I suppose what Bear Grylls does allegedly. I suppose he does. But I, uh, I, I. You know, I don't like all this outdoorsy stuff. Camping with teenagers has always felt like a real it's a sacrifice. Isn't it? You know, um, yeah. and and actually, uh, it's good. It's good to do it. It's good mm. for the soul, that sort of thing. But very that, good for the that, soul. That experience of opening your sleeping bag, you've got back ache, you've woken at a, a funny angle, oh. and then you get out and you try and put a shoe on. Oh, bless but you, you get your, you get there's all this oh, dew on the grass. Oh. And well, how do you cope, high heels? <laughs> She cope quite well. Do you? You like that Premier premiering. That's fine. Hang on a minute. No, but I think if I had no fear and if I had no, if money wasn't an object, I think I would want to get on a Harley Davidson bike and like bike the length of Mongolia or something like that. The length guys. of Mongolia? Or the width of Mongolia. Where is Mongolia? Brilliant. <laughs> it's just outside Manchester. <laughs> That's it. I'm there. But I, I would love to do something off-piste, like no map. Yeah. Just go for it. I love I'd lick the wrong frog. You would lick the wrong frog. There's loads of frogs in Mongolia. Terrible. 
Do you know? Um, I would drive. I would drive from one coast to the other coast in America. I'd like oh, to America, do that. I'd like yeah. to see all the shades of America. Oh, I think that would be really yeah. interesting because the states are like different countries. Look, we're calling they? adventure out of each other. This is good. Yeah. So if we kept going, we might be able to get you away from centre parks. I, I love centre parks. Can't afford it anymore though. It used to be all right when our kids were young. But right, let's stop being middle-aged. Now it's term time. Stop being middle class. Stop being middle class. It's too expensive in term oh time. Term let's time. find a lay-by. Let's sleep in a lay-by. So, wow, what a lot of stuff we've covered this week. That is incredible. So, um, I had no idea where I'm going with this, actually. I just, just don't talk about frogs. No, don't talk about frogs. Don't lick frogs. Don't do anything near frogs. But have an amazing week. And, and remember, you can get in touch with us. We'd love to hear some feedback from you guys. We'd love to hear maybe what some of the things that you do after listening to some of the great things that our speakers share. Have you changed your youth ministry in any way? Are you doing things slightly differently because of something you've been challenged by from one of the speakers? We would love to hear. Now, I'm going to propose something radical in the spirit of adventure. Has okay. this gone through our special meeting that our we special, never have? The special adventure meeting. The special adventure meeting. <coughs> we, haven't had, we still haven't had a planning meeting no, for the podcast. No, we haven't. But we are going to have a planning meeting. And uh, so uh, we're going to change up our, uh, our shout-out. What? Yes. We've been, we've been doing this for nearly a year now. Oh, my goodness. And it's time, it's time to, for some, to, to some change. So, so hello to all the people we used to say hello to. Yeah, no, not dismissively, but not now, dismissive voice. No, now, we say thank you for letting us you. use your name and yeah. call out. And we love you and we're going to place you there under yeah. Martin's wing. Under but a wing. now... Under a frog. Under a frog. But now... Da, da, da. Yeah. We're going to have some new people. Who, new people. Who is on this new list, Martin? Well, first of all, I want to tell you, somebody who always tweets us and messages us oh. all the time we really appreciate it is uh, Lauren Cheshire oh yes so I'm say hello to Lauren Hi, Cheshire hello Lauren hello Lauren in fact we should get her on once sometime she has some great youth work that's a great idea we'll get you on Lauren alright yeah. now next yes I want to propose I'm just doing the meeting right here okay um, are you going to propose and second uh, why not okay. you can second can't I can you? second it yeah so, uh, so we've got an increasing link with our friends at Princeton oh. at uh, Princeton Theological Seminary mm-hmm. and the Institute of Youth Ministry there and, uh, and so Abigail and Megan and Kenda came and spoke at the National Youth Ministry Weekend. And I'm pretty sure they'll be back for other stuff at Youthscape. So I thought we should say hello to the IYM. Okay. Which is the Princeton IYM. We're going to forget that every, every time. time, aren't we? But hello to all the students. And what we really like, because we've had it at one academic institution already. Yes. Could we get Princeton to follow suit and, and accredit the Youthscape podcast as You're some bold. sort of um, theological learning. So you get credits yeah, for, for listening, listening to the Youthscape podcast. Bold. Could you a do that? bold request. I reckon we should just do it anyway. Do you know what? I, I In the spirit of like announcing things that we've not talked about off air, I actually would like to throw one into the mix. Go on. Because there is a brilliant place called the Isle of Man. Yes. And there is a fantastic team, a scripture union team, headed up by Alex and Amanda. And they have this house in the south of Isle of Man, and they have young adults go across every year, and they basically work with the 80,000, or the 8,000 young people, sorry, (laughs) slight difference, Uh, 8,000 young people on the island. So I think Isle of Man should come on tour. Oh, I thought you were just going to go for Alex and Amanda. Well, they they basically run the youth ministry on the island, basically. You want to say hello to the Isle of Man. I think, yeah. I've got a little idea for you. What's that? You know those composite names, like Brangelina? Oh, yes. You know when you take (gasps) a a man and a woman and you put them and you make one name? Alexander. Well, why don't we go for uh, Alaman? Alaman! Because if we go for Alaman... It's Isle of Man, Amanda and Alex. There you go. 
Guys, I'm going to get on the phone and speak to them straight away after this and double check. I did they're that. Gonna I, love com- that. I computed that Alaman. in like five seconds. Oh, love that, it. You and are seeing magic happen before your ears. And I just, we want to bless that place as well because they do the amazing youth ministry. So, Alaman, you're on. Alaman. Now, we are, gonna, we are now fishing way outside of Oh, yeah, let's do one in faith. Because we are, we are doing this one in faith, which is so naughty. We love Pete Gregg. We do love Pete Gregg. We would love to interview Pete Gregg. We all love Pete Gregg. We all know you'd like to hear an interview with Pete Gregg. So, this, Pete. This is us saying, we're going to do shout outs for you until we wear you down and get you on this podcast, my friend. That doesn't feel like, um, <laughs> that doesn't feel like a carrot. Like, it doesn't feel like an incentive. We're going to keep <laughs> mentioning your we name. We will mention you until, all the time. Until, until you come you on our cave. podcast. But we'd love you to. So in faith, hello to future Youthscape podcast guest, <laughs> Pete Gregg. And Brian Stevenson. The Youthscape podcast is free and always will be, but it does cost us money to do this and to put it out there. So we are asking our dear podcast listeners if you could give $1 a month. $1 a month, that is 71 pence. That works out at around 20p an episode. That's right. Which is 10p for you and 10p for me. Well, it That's wouldn't right. come to us, but no. basically your value. What about if you just left producer Rachel out? Very good point. I can't do the maths. I can't split 20p. 7p each. 7p each. And then our guests as well. So all you need to do my lovely friends to fling that dollar our way is to go to the, our patreon site so it's patreon.org slash youthscape no it's not it's not that it's, it's patreon.com slash youthscape so we need your dollar 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 is what i need that's very good we are people so poor that we can't even work out how to change the setting I to make it a pound. I do poverty, I think. We're, it's, a, it's a kind of poverty, isn't it, Rachel? It is a kind of poverty, yeah. Please support us. <laughs> <laughs>